In this episode, my question is, do dementia patients see white? And what does the right side of the brain have to do with it? Hey everybody, this is Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And welcome to Summer Shorts. What are summer shorts? Well, everybody knows what those are. Those are the fun things that you buy in the store that have bright colors. They could have palm trees, alligators, flamingos, whatever they are on your shorts for the summertime. But here, they're just a little different. We're doing summer shorts, elder care success style, where we're taking 15-minute segments and giving you tips, ideas, resources, and fun things that you can do to make life easier, better, and in some cases, less expensive while taking care of those that you love, be it a parent, a spouse, a partner, or anybody else in your family member. So hang tight. It's summer shorts. This episode is a little interesting. Actually, it's rather creative and came forward to me from a friend who is a professional caregiver and one morning said to me, Nancy, did you know that dementia patients don't see white? And I immediately thought, hmm, that doesn't sound correct. So I dug a little deeper on this particular subject and actually found that that's not correct. What happens is that People with cognitive impairment sometimes get colors confused a little bit. And it's not so much the color white, but it's the intensity or the, the contrast of color that is difficult sometimes for the eye and the brain to see. And so in many cases, what you'll see is somebody with a, a white plate on a white tablecloth having difficulty trying to stab their food. Well, it's not that they can't see the food. It's the problem is that they've got a white plate on a white surface, and the ability to see that is very difficult. You'll see this a lot with houses, so people will not be able to see the door well enough when the house of the or the house and the door are a similar color. So if you don't want somebody going out of your house or leaving, it might be a good idea to paint the walls white and have the door white so they don't necessarily know where the door is. That's kind of a trick. But I'm not sure I'd really want to do that just because it may not work with my own personal aesthetics. Another interesting thing I wanted to share was I dug even further on just the idea of the artist and dementia or understanding color. And I found that William de Kooning, who actually died in in 1999, had dementia and in the mid-1970s actually stopped painting altogether. And his wife and his friends and neighbors became his caregiver. He did start to paint again over time after also they cut off alcohol, they increased his nutrition. He had some severe vitamin deficiencies that caused some other issues. But between that and some prescription drug abuse and severe depression, it all just made this whole aspect of cognitive impairment, which was eventually diagnosed as a form of Alzheimer's for him just to exasperate in the course of his life and and kill his art for a while. But with love and nurturing, all those memories came back before he passed. In his later life, he did some beautiful artwork that really was incredibly expressive and apparently was brought forward by old memories. So that was that really sort of intrigued me. And it brought me back to even thinking about a very dear friend of mine, 
Walter Einzel and his wife, Nyad, who were world-famous acclaimed artists, commercial artists, illustrators, kinetic sculptors. And Walter was actually the one who was known for creating the CBSI, the CBSI logo, and the Merrill Lynch Bull. I remember one day, you'll laugh at this, this is sort of a side story, but Walter was explaining how the Merrill Lynch folks had wanted to update or just to refresh that Merrill Lynch bull. So they came back to him and said, could you make the bull a little softer and more feminine? And Walter, with a twinkle in his eye, I can see him saying this and looking at them with sort of a half smirk on his face saying, it's a bull. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought I'd share that story with you. But Walter became very ill with some sort of flu at one point. And his doctor just told him to stay home and drink plenty of fluids and orange juice and take aspirin. Ultimately, it turned into a stroke, a very severe stroke that was that was life-threatening for him. He did survive. And when he came home, he couldn't read the newspaper. I remember actually sitting in their kitchen with Walter and Nyad and having a cup of tea and Walter explaining how he had problems reading the words in the New York Times because they just... They didn't end up right. They, they were distorted. They almost looked backwards, sort of like a dyslexic might, you know, a severe dyslexic might see it. Since his livelihood and his ability to care for his family all revolved around his artwork, because that's what he knew and that's what he was, he was famous for, he knew that in his heart he needed to come back to try and figure out how to reclaim his life again, not just for his own profession, but for his own sense of self-worth. And together, Nyad and Walter worked on building back his skill again, very much like de Kooning's wife and friends did for him. And he got a hold of a book, or he read a book that he had known for years, which was called Drawing from the Right Side of the Brain, which is very well known in the artist community. And he went through the exercises in the follow-up workbook. And to see how he was able to train his brain to see color and words and just the line on the paper, as long as it would had a strong contrast between the black ink or the blue ink and the dark or the dark pencil on a white piece of paper, he was fine. And to see how he was able to bring back the muscle in his hand, to retrain his brain, to draw again, and to create a new form of artwork that wasn't exactly like he had before, but was incredibly beautiful and expressive in ways that he had never been able to do before. So if you've got a family member who's had a stroke, a heart attack, or is dealing with dementia, I highly recommend looking into art, art therapy. I hate to use the word art therapy because art, you know, art is not therapy. Art to me is an expression of the heart, of the mind, of the imagination in ways that is very different from person to person. With my own mom and dad, one day, one of our aides called and said, do you think you can get some paints and some some canvas for your mom? I'd like to see if she would enjoy doing art. Well, my mom always had sort of a bent towards the art and the creative side, and dad did too in, in his business. But mom liked to draw. Dad was the one whose livelihood for us, keeping the roof over our head and food on our table, was also important because he was a designer of eyewear, eyeglasses and eye frames. But the interesting thing was when mom took a brush to a white blank canvas, the expression and whatever she was feeling came out like she was Picasso or I recently saw the um, the Van Gogh exhibit. 
but mom had both her ears. <laughs> so, <laughs> but to see the expression that came out from the palette that was given to her, any color she wanted, on a white piece of blank canvas was incredibly enriching to me and I think to everybody around her and to herself. So we have now pictures done on all sorts of canvases all over the house. My husband kind of likes to put some of them in the closet because he doesn't think they're so pretty, but there are a few of them that I actually have here in my office. And one that my dad did of me that was gardening in the backyard. Now I kind of look like a scarecrow with some, some corn in the back, but that's okay because it was dad's memory and impression of me gardening in their backyard so that there was love and light and color through nature so they could see it every day. And that was his impression and what he did. And mom just loved doing this. So no matter where you are and who you're taking care of, I do recommend just trying getting some paints at Michael's or any of the other craft stores. Walmart has them. They're all over the place. I'll pop a couple of links to different stores and, and some ideas of where to get these things and where they're inexpensive. Michael's, I know, has packs of canvases that's already stretched out. You don't necessarily need that. You can certainly do paper as well. But a canvas is kind of nice because it has a different kind of texture when you put a brush to it and even an easel, an inexpensive easel. And you just might be surprised what comes out of somebody that you're caring for with their imagination, their brain, their hands, their thoughts, and even their past memories. I guarantee that those will be precious items that you'll hang on to for many, many years to come, well after they have left and gone on to another realm. But that's my tip for the day. And that's the idea here in the summer shorts. What's your idea? What are your tips? If you have a tip or idea that you'd like to share with one of us or all of us, please let me know. You can reach me in direct message on Instagram. Somebody suggested I get on Pinterest, so we'll be there too. Facebook, I'm all around there. There's a Facebook group called Elder Care Success. Please join in. You're welcome to join us and make it a beautiful day. Make it a creative day. Make it a painterly day and make it a summer shorts day. We'll see you soon. This is Nancy here at Elder Care Success. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step -step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021 Caremanity LLC.